right, turn to Revelation 3 and we'll get started. Just want to talk about maintaining truth. Um, and you'll see where I'm going pretty quickly. I don't have to explain too much. Most of us know these things, but it's just something that's been on my mind and a few things triggered it off. So I'm backing up. All right. Revelation 3, verse 14, we read in the angel. So this is the seventh church that we read of in Revelations that we're probably most familiar with. And to the angel of the church, so Revelations 3, verse 14, and the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I've been reading through Revelations, I know this last month, I guess, understanding bits and not understanding other bits, but uh, there's amazing little statements like there, the beginning of the creation of God. I can't explain that one to you, but it sounds amazing. Um, but I just want to read the latest in church. We obviously know a fair bit about it, but just really the warning of, uh, the, to the generation that we live in now. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou were cold or hot. So they're, they're sitting somewhere in the middle, it's that lukewarm sort of stage, um, which for all of us, I guess that, that's, uh, well, as we read through scriptures, we know God wants, wants us to be on fire for him. So in verse 16, so then because thou art uh, lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So there was obviously something wrong with this church straight up. God, it was pretty clear with that. And um, when we, as we read, they, they seem like they're pretty comfortable and complacent in where they are and maybe convince themselves that they were okay and they were godly and things like that. But there's no punches pulled in this letter, in this, this one here. Verse 17, but thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And it's amazing because when we look through Jesus' ministry, these are exactly the things that he pulls us out of, being wretched, you know, being in sin and, and making us righteous with God. Miserable, we become happy through the joy of the Lord. You know, we're poor and we become spiritually strong. We're blinded, you know, and God gives us a vision. And we're naked and uh, God clothes us and uh, clothes in robes of white. And all these things are lacking, which are all the things that, uh, that Jesus came to bring. And I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. So he's almost implying that they think they're rich, but God's saying, no, 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 let's, let's counsel, uh, it's, uh, counsel me to buy of gold, tried in the fire. And we know as we read in other scriptures of that being faith and that we get purified just like the gold, that thou must be rich and white raiment that thou must be clothed and, do not, uh, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Which is amazing, isn't it? That you, you think you're okay and you think you're clothed with God, but you're actually not. That's what it's saying. Um, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that they may see, so that they can, you know, so there's, there's a vision. They, as, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. And I guess it's really just a warning to our generation and my generation and maybe the millennials, you know, the, the younger guys that... Uh, that this is the time we live in. We know that historically this, this is our point of, uh, of, of, of life. It's the, the talks, talking about the main spirit-filled church of our time, which is, you know, I won't beat around the bush, but we're talking about the, the big churches, the Hillsongs and the AOGs and all the other little offshoot, you know, little churches, the Liberty churches and all that. And they, um, 
just to give you a bit of background, I guess I'd had a few things come up on my Instagram feed which triggered this and talking to a few people that I know at work and, and as I mentioned last night, you've got a lot of these little churches with the husband and wife pastor. I was actually going to show a YouTube clip for two or three minutes and I sort of convinced myself not to. But I just to give you a bit of an idea, everyone knows how, how a lot of these places run, but um, they often got the husband and wife church and so if you sort of get over the obvious flaws of the female pastors and the walking around the stage and the American accents and the yells and all that sort of stuff and actually listen to the message that they say, they, it, it's incredibly empty on, on a lot of occasions. I remember speaking to this, uh, this pastor actually of another church, another Pentecostal church. I didn't actually know he was a pastor at the time, Pastor Tim, and I uh, only worked that out right at the end when one of his congregation members came up and said, Pastor Tim, and then it sort of all fell into place in my mind about uh, the scriptures he was using. But uh, we're just talking about the things of the Lord, and he had a pretty amazing testimony, as it turned out. And he was, he was spirit-filled, received the Holy Spirit, he was baptised and all those things. But he got hung up. We were talking about when you get saved, and he was telling me how you were saved at belief. And so I'm like, well, can you explain Mark 16 to me? And I think I got there three times, and he never quite was able to explain it. But, um, you know, praise the Lord. We, have, we understand the answer. And sometimes things just need to be called out for what they are. Um, I was driving on South Road the other day with my daughter, Evelyn, and um, this car decides to cut in front of me, and I had to slam the brakes pretty hard. And I, I reacted with, you banana. That's what I actually said to the car. And my little girl from behind me, who's not even three, just says, Dad, that's not a banana, it's a white car. I'm like, <laughs> thanks, Evelyn. <laughs> so anyway... So sometimes it just needs to be said what it is. So um, anyway, there's, there's all these different preachers. I'm not going to name them all, but I've been having to look online and bits and pieces. But a couple of times when I've been up early in the morning with Evelyn, um, there's that Joel Austin guy, and he's got the beautiful hair and the beautiful set of teeth and a great voice. And, um, but all he talks about is God blessing your houses and your businesses and your cars and all those sort of things. And and you think, where does it stack up? You know, we read, and praise the Lord, we have understanding in this, and we read the scriptures about godliness with contentment. It's great game. We don't bring anything into the world. We don't take anything out. God wants us to be happy with the food and the clothes he gives us. And um, when you really boil it down, you, you, know, I was, you know, even our brothers in Papua New Guinea, a brother I know particularly well, you know, healed of tuberculosis, you know, those blessings. He doesn't have a fleet of land cruisers like some of these other guys do, but he has the richness of the Lord. And one scripture that comes to mind, we'll state, put your hand back in Revelations, but we'll just go to one other scripture in Ezekiel. This one just popped into my mind as I was just putting a couple of thoughts together. Ezekiel 16, verse 49, it reads, reads, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride... Sorry, did I not say that right? Ezekiel 16, verse 49... Obviously said something else, sorry. It's when you're up here, the temperature gets a little bit higher and your hands get a little bit more jingly. All right, Ezekiel 16, verse 49, not 41. We read this. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And uh, for some reason, this, this thought came into my mind as I was just reading through the latest scene in church and just seeing some, I was just watching some videos of bits and pieces. And um, I, I guess we're just, just breaking it up. It's got those three, three, three things which aren't good, the pride. And um, they let a form of God get in the way of serving God. We know that God is a spirit and we worship him in spirit and truth. We read that in John 14. 
And um, it's funny because the, their form of God actually isn't God. I'll just read, I'll, don't turn to this one. This is 2 Timothy 3 in verse 5. I'm just going to read it from the Amplified. It says, For although they hold a form of true religion, they deny and reject, and are strangers to the power of it, their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. And that's what it is. Fullness of bread, we read in this next, uh, next one. Um, and it's... I guess they're so wealthy, so rich. The one I was particularly listened to, listening to that sort of just um, was about, we, we, we know as the prosperity doctrine, but um, so wealthy, so rich, they have everything and they're looking to be blessed, blessed with more. And, um, you know, we read of the apostles, the Pauls, the Peters, the Johns, and you think, how do they stack up in that, in that, if, if that's how God weighs everything up? And then the last one, abundance of idleness. And um, I guess that not that uh, life is not busy and there's nothing for them to do, but they've got so much time to organise, to practise, to formulate their speeches. Some of them speak incredibly well, and that's what gets a lot of people and, it, and makes it interesting for the first part. Uh, work, you know, they work on their emphasis, the lighting, the music, the dialogue between speakers and the script and all those sort of things. And I'm just going to read just a bunch of scriptures. You're not going to turn to any of them. Actually, go back to Revelations where I asked you to hold your finger if you could because we'll go back there just to finish off. But I've just got a, just a whole heap of scriptures that came, well, yeah, came to mind. I was just thinking, you know, Jesus Christ in Matthew 8, we read that uh, foxes have holes, and he, but he didn't have anywhere to lay his head. In Luke 4, 18, we know this one, that uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel and, he, and he, you know, to heal, uh, to raise those that are lame, to heal the blind, and, and talking about this spiritual, both physical people that are healed and those things, but this spiritual... Um, change in people. James 1 verse 27 we read that pure religion and undefiled before God is to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And so that's what God is after, that we're, we're here to look after each other. We, we're the body of Christ. We've read at this camp in 1 Corinthians 12 and that we're here to strengthen the weak, that uh, God has called us to serve and to keep us uh, you know, unspotted from the world. We know in Galatians 5, it talks about a little, little leaven leavens a whole lump. Second uh, Timothy 4 talks about teachers having itching ears, just wanting to hear things that sound good. And, and a lot of these, you know, all the churches that fall into this category and the very much the main church of, of our time, spiritual church of our time, that, um, you know, just giving the people what they want to hear to keep them coming, to keep the money flowing or whatever it is. Um, 1 Timothy 4, we read, take heed to the doctrine, continue in them, because it's going to save yourself and it's going to save those that you tell as well. Jude, we read about contending for the faith that we have. And in Matthew, we, talk, we read about letting our light shine. So unfortunately, people in this church, this Laodicean church here, sadly won't be ready. They won't actually make it, it we read, unless they repent. We'll read it again. As many, in verse 19 of chapter 3, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So it's interesting. God is actually on the outside of this church, which isn't healthy. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. And it's almost like God's just pulling out, not the church, just the individual that wants to listen. And, um, you know, as I said, this is a spirit-filled church. It's... Um, you know, we read um, the parable in, I should have wrote this down, I've gone totally blank, in Matthew 24, 25, about the sheep and the goats, and that, um, 
you know, both of them were, were spirit-filled people. You know, we read in the Old Testament how both of them were acceptable sacrifices to God. You were allowed to put a kid before the Lord and, and a sheep. Um, but the difference in that parable that Jesus gives is all about the service, is all about, as we read, visiting the fatherless, the widows in their affliction, keeping themselves unspotted. You know, we, we know the story about, you know, um, I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was in prison, you visited me. And now in that parable, that was the only t- the difference between the sheep and the goats. And, uh, and the goats weren't ready. And so much more like this church here, that these goats here won't be ready. However, we're not part of that church, praise the Lord. All the people said? Amen. Amen. We're part of the Philly church. We'll go back to verse 7 of the same chapter. And so in the sort of hist- in the timeline of history, I guess this is, this is the part of the, the latter reign. As we heard last night, the, um, the last days began all the way back in Jesus' time. Book of Acts, when the day of Pentecost started and, and the last day started. And in those last days, we, we read of the early reign and that all the people that received the Holy Spirit and came to the Lord. Then we had a bit of a dark time and we come to around, I don't know, around 1900 AD and turn of the century. And all of a sudden, people were receiving the Holy Spirit in big numbers again. And um, we'll read here, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, and he that hath the key of David. He that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I'll make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and to worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. You know, the world is full of Christians, Christians, um, but uh, there's those that truly worship God. Verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, so we've patiently endured, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which... Uh, sorry. Hold, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. And um, as I was mentioning, I got a little girl... He's uh, three years old, and uh, I was just thinking, in the, or sort of hit me a little bit more this last few weeks, of just how blessed uh, she is to be part of this church and to this fellowship and with all our brothers and sisters and her aunties and uncles that care for her, and uh, not just care for her, obviously, in a practical sense, but we care for each other spiritually, and we have such a great... Obviously, camp shows it the most, but uh, our week-to-week meetings and just uh, our meeting with one another, that our children get to grow up in such an incredible environment obviously never guarantees anything but what an opportunity uh, that uh, we have I was brought up in this uh, fellowship and and my daughter has and all our kids uh, do here verse 12 he that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God we heard about pillars and trees last night and uh, he shall come he shall go no more out and I'll write uh, upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is New Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I'll write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So I guess just to wrap up, let's not fall victim to the time, but let's maintain the truth, and the Lord will look after us and we'll be there when he returns. All the people said, Amen. Amen.